Welcome to the Ordinary Investors Podcast with your hosts, Sean and Leah Baker. Today we're here with Anna Marin, CEO and team leader at Keller Williams Legacies, host of SalesBeast Podcast and real estate investor. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited. I can't wait to, you know, share my story and just be able to provide value and hopefully um, learn from you guys as well. Awesome. Well, uh, bring us back to the beginning of your real estate investing journey. Okay, so that one hasn't been very long, but I can maybe talk a little bit about how I got into real estate as well and kind of the path that led me into investing. Um, so I actually got in the business more on the administrative side. Actually, I was a real estate assistant for a realtor. And um, that's kind of where I fell in love with the industry, even though like I didn't have my license yet, I just knew that this was gonna be my career. And so through the Keller Williams Network, that's when I kind of discovered Sandy McKay, Dylan Suter, and kind of um, built relationships with them to develop Keller Williams Young Professionals. And so being able to be in their space and just see what they were doing from the investing standpoint, I just knew I wanted to be in business with them. So I ended up getting my license, partnering with Sandy on the team, becoming an ISA, then a realtor, and um, kind of, I guess, the sky is the limit from there. Um, again, being in that space just allowed me to learn the different strategies, even though I was an investor at that point, and then apply it to my own life and my own career. And so um, end of 2019, we got a really cool opportunity to host uh, a real estate event called the, the Growth Summit. And after that, we got the opportunity to launch our brokerage. So. My, my path has been very quick. However, um, I've been able to lead a lot of roles and uh, put on a lot of different hats. And um, obviously now into the investing space, just being able to take advantage of all of the great opportunities that we have in real estate. So Anna, can you kind of bring us back to the beginning of your investing journey in real estate? Yeah, for sure. So like I mentioned, being in a space with Sandy and Dylan that just owed a lot of investment and even Mike Johnson, my podcast co-host, um, I just knew that I wanted to get into investing. And when I initially got into real estate, I was like super young, didn't have any money. And so um, myself and my now fiance, we really structured a path for ourselves where we could get into real estate and, and buy something. So for a good couple of years, we were just saving money, like trying to put as much into our TFSA, trying to invest where we could. He was in the wealth management side of the business. So he, he was able to make our money work a little bit more. And then, um, so literally last year, um, we had enough funds. The market was in a good place. And so June 1st of last year, we bought our first investment property together. And yes, um, it's in Windsor. So we live in Vaughan currently, and it's a bit of a trek. It's like basically three to four hours sometimes to get there. But as we were looking for properties, we just knew that we wanted a market that was still growing, that had a lot of opportunities, similar to what Hamilton is and was maybe like five to 10 years ago. Kind of and so when we were kind of just researching, Windsor seemed like a great option. There's a university there, there's a big canola plant, they have obviously the auto industry, the borders right there. And then also they're, they just announced not long ago that they're putting in a battery plant for electric vehicles. Yeah. So thousands of jobs are gonna be created and we're like, okay, perfect. Like this is an amazing opportunity for us to get in the market. Awesome, that's great. Great news for Windsor and uh, definitely a great opportunity. Um, how did you get uh, over the hurdle that I've, I've heard so many times as far as uh, investing f much further than where you're from and uh, not being able to be within you know, a, a quick drive to the property? 
Yeah, I think for me, I'm way more of like a take a leap of faith, spontaneous person. So I didn't really have a lot of qualms because I've been around people that invested in further markets and just knowing that, you know, property management is an option. You don't have to do everything yourself. And in fact, you probably shouldn't if you really want to scale your portfolio vast. And so I think the biggest hurdle to overcome was getting my fiance to be on board with that. And he's a way more like reserved person, like very conservative, wants to make sure we know all like the finite details. Um, but I think he felt lucky and like kind of blessed that I've been in real estate and I could just like lean on advice from other people that had already done it before. So it wasn't like we were coming off with a blank slate. It was just like basically replicating with what a lot of people had done and just making sure that we were financially okay to do it. And so now we're at the point where um, we just sometimes forget that we even own that house because we've only been there twice. And ultimately it kind of runs as its own business. The property management company takes care of everything for us, including like preparing our tax documents. So really it's, it's kind of just an individual investment and we know that our money's sitting there and doing well for itself. Um, so I think, yeah, like I said, the biggest hurdle was just making that jump, making that leap of faith together. Awesome. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's great. It sounds like it's pretty like hands off and managed by other people. Um, what kind of criteria were you looking for when you first started it, like your investing journey and figuring out where to invest and kind of what was the key criteria for you? Yeah, so I think uh, a couple different things that we were looking for was definitely location. Like I mentioned before, like making sure we're in a viable market that isn't a city that has no opportunity where the price is not going to appreciate <laughs> and maybe in like 10 years, it's not even going to double in value, right? So location was really important for us. Um, the next one was price, just making sure it was a price that we could actually afford um, to qualify for from a mortgage standpoint. And then the other thing was just the condition of the property. So we knew that if we were gonna invest in Windsor, we didn't wanna do like a full burr. We didn't wanna do a ton of renovations. We wanted something more turnkey with like, we could do some work ourselves kind of thing. So, um, and also opportunity to improve the condition in a few years. So um, the, the property that we ended up finding was through the Verge team in Windsor. Shout out Seattle Court. Um, and ultimately we could eventually create a triplex there. So we know that there's opportunity for that. There's a massive basement. There's a big, a big enough lot where we could put in even more parking. So we kind of saw the future of it, not just like mm. what it was right now, but we know it's, it's gonna be kind of a forever strategy. I don't think we'll let that property go anytime soon. What, uh, I guess, what are your biggest biggest challenges and learning curves that you've um, experienced on this journey so far? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, dealing with the city of Windsor, <laughs> I'm just joking. But yeah, like I think when you've never owned a property before, never owned a property with a partner before, and you're also fairly young and you're like still figuring out your own life, I think some of the biggest challenges for us were like learning how to become homeowners and like, so I, I do have a duplex with my dad, but he's been a homeowner his whole life. So I have him to lean on versus with the duplex, it's just me and my fiance trying to figure it all out ourselves, trying to see if what we're doing is right. Uh, are we getting scammed by our property management company or not? Um, and I think the biggest learning lessons that have come of that is just like, be wary of managing it like a business. So when we did our taxes this year, we actually lost money on the property last year with the improvements that we did, 
Um, we we had a tenant only for uh, you know three months of last year on the main floor. We had a tenant upstairs, and we weren't charging the rents that we could have. So I think now going into this year, we've kind of revamped our strategy to make sure that obviously we have tenants that are willing to pay the rent that we want to provide, and um, that we just know how to manage it better, like a business. Even though it is hands off, we just we we need to understand the finances of it a little bit more. I think. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely important to uh, to to treat it like a business. I know that we've always done that ourselves, like where we separate the money from whatever. Here's what the properties are making, and uh, here's what we personally make, and keeping the two of them divided as much as possible. And um, then you can see how they're performing and and uh, keep, I guess, uh, up up to date on that side to make sure that it's uh, performing up to your standards, right? So yeah, the the one thing I was gonna add to that is like last year we only owned it for six months of the year, so now we're actually gonna be able to get it full scope of how I performed like January to December, mm -hmm. and also I think we got really lucky with the mortgage that we got. We got the Manulife One account. I don't know if you guys know yep. that account. So basically, like we can pay down as much as we want to. We can take money out whenever we want to. And we can see that equity continuing to build. Mm -hmm. And because we're not putting money into that account, it, all of the rent goes into that account and all of the expenses come out from that account. So it's, it's a lot easier to manage yeah. versus like we pay from our personal cards or personal bank accounts. At least it just stays in that one mortgage account and that's it. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, as I say, it's such a good point to to say when you purchase a property. And I know from our personal experience that first year, if you are putting in a lot of money to improve the property or equip it with certain things, like you're probably going to have really high expenses for that first year. And that's not really a good gauge of what the cash flow is really going to be or what you can expect for for the performance of that property, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good thing to touch on. And I also find it interesting, I'm hearing you talk about that you're young and you just started and you're this was your first crack, if I'm right, at home ownership, mm -hmm. was buying an investment property. I think that's something that we need to talk about because not enough people um, buy their first property as an investment property. So can you maybe talk about that a bit? Yeah, I think that was like, Again, also a learning lesson because we were like, well, if we want to buy our primary residence in the GTA, well, good luck because we're going to be saving for another four or five years, right? Right. Versus if we buy something that can appreciate maybe in like five years when our, we're doing our renewal, then we can just pull that money out and buy our primary at that point. That goal has definitely changed a little bit. Like we're looking to buy our primary now. So wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. I think, in just a year? Yeah. Wow. So I think like... Um, just understanding like what your threshold is and if you can't buy where you want to buy like that's like a What do you call it? Like um, Like that's something that you can give up mm -hmm. in the short term yeah. for the like long -term. sacrifice Like yeah, that was your that's sacrifice. Trade -off. Yep, that's the trade-off yeah. Like if you really want or you have specific goals about real estate investing You should know that it's not linear and like your path can always change It's just about finding what makes the most amount of sense for you and that's why Windsor was like, okay, well, we can afford it. And then let's figure out what we want to do later. So we are renting our primary residence right now. Um, again, like I took the role here in Vaughan about a year and a half ago. So we just didn't know where it was going to go. We didn't know how long it was going to be in the role. We didn't know where we needed to live. So we rented a condo here at West End and Highway 7. And now we're just like, okay, is this the place that we want to stay forever? Or are we going to find somewhere else? Mm -hmm. That's what we're in the middle of deciding. Uh, my fiance 
thankfully works from home, so we can kind of go wherever we want. Flexible in that way. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, Flexible. I think that's uh, another neat point to to renting your primary residence where you're at as well, is that you're, you're mobile. You can go anywhere. If there's opportunity that presents itself, you could take that opportunity. You don't feel stuck yeah. to the house that you're in, right? So we're big uh, advocates for actually using your borrowing power to buy uh, investment properties rather than the one that you're you're currently just living in right for sure and like obviously you guys have a family and everything now you guys have the like maybe not forever home but you have at least the home that you want to build and establish your life in with your kids for us we're just like we don't know what the hell we want to do so <laughs> let's just figure it out together and then we'll we'll make the decision that suits us in that time right. versus like it's not a forever strategy like you you have to be flexible in what you want to do if you really want to have success okay. amazing and so uh, what is your investment goals? What do they look like over the course of the next little while? Where? Yeah, so I think, like I said, my goals have changed a lot just like by being able to think bigger and understand like even what is possible. Because if you just like are going based off of what you can get approved off as a mortgage, well, that's not super realistic. Like there's way many more factors. There's also more opportunity. Like you don't have to do it on your own. Like you can JV, you can partner with friends, you can partner with family members. Um, so our goals have changed quite a bit. Like I mentioned, we're looking at buying a primary residence right now, just something within kind of the York region, closer to home. We're trying to get out of a, a condo space and have a little bit of a backyard for our dog. Um, so that's one goal for this year. And ideally we want to have that bought before the end of this year. And then going forward, we want to buy at least one to two properties every year, pretty consistently. Um, and I'll probably stay in the multifamily space. I really like what we were talking about before the episode started around Airbnbs because there's so much opportunity. Like we have a cottage and I just see how like people feel when they come to the cottage and the experiences they get to have and like to be able to provide that, but also run it as a business seems super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think multifamily is definitely the space, duplexes, triplexes, keeping it probably under four units. Mm -hmm. And then who knows, maybe down the road, uh, do something like Dylan with investments on apartment buildings. But I mean, that just sounds a little crazy to me right now. Yeah. yeah. It has definitely a big change from a couple of, uh, you know, the, the smaller residential ones. And I know that that's been our focus for the longest time. And then going into the apartment buildings, it's a different ball game, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 Another question, um, if you're looking at investing, what markets would you be like looking to invest in or mm -hmm. um, which kind of markets kind of catch your eye? Uh, Windsor still, yeah, sure. Like uh, we've been also just kind of keeping our eye out. We still get the auto emails. So once in a while I'll be like, oh, look at this one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think Windsor's, right now it's still like a growing area. And so it's not super nice in specific parts but there is still tons of opportunity there. Um, we were also doing some research like out east, but I think that kind of got oversaturated, mm -hmm. especially through COVID and like a lot of people not only moving out there, but just buying out there. Um, and now we're seeing a lot of people like selling their homes and dumping them and coming back, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's still a lot of opportunity, just won't appreciate as fast as the GTA, like the Golden Horseshoe is still the, one of the best places to invest in the world, I would say. Um, Hamilton definitely is still an opportunity. I really like Hamilton as a market. The city itself is still booming and growing and they're putting it in more like tech uh, headquarters and different things like that. So I think there's gonna be even more boom and growth. Like it'll probably become like a mini Toronto still. Um, and then we try to think of what other markets. 
Niagara, I haven't always like desired as much, but I know that there is opportunity there. Um, and then we have also been exploring like Sault Ste. Marie and Sudbury, mm -hmm. but I'm not super in love with those areas because it's more of like a labor market. Yeah. So um, although vacancy is really, uh, sorry, vacancy is really low, um, I just don't see a lot of growth yet because it's more in like northern parts of Ontario versus when you get to like the Great Lakes, everything that's concentrated around like Lake Ontario, that's like where everybody wants to be. Mm -hmm. There's always like ro more room for growth. Right. right. Uh, so Anna, we have uh, a few questions that we uh, typically ask our guests. Uh, one of them we've already touched on, which is uh, where is your uh, investment journey going to take you or what are your investment goals? Mm -hmm. um, so far, uh, being uh, an investor for a little while, how has it imp impacted your life? It's just been like a new challenge and something to learn a lot more about. It's obviously created a drive or a desire for more financial freedom because we've already seen what a small piece of it can be. Um, also, like I come from an immigrant family. Like we came to Canada with like just like our stuff and little money to kind of get us by and my parents had to create a life for themselves. So if my parents got me here, I want to be able to like get myself here and then so my kids could keep climbing the generational wealth ladder. So I, I think it's just um, kind of the vision of what we can achieve and the life that we can build as well. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, and everybody's journey is a little bit different and they start their path at uh, different times. Mm -hmm. um, we're in a unique uh, time right now where interest rates are climbing, uh, prices are going down. Um, if you were starting out your investment journey today, what type of advice would you give to somebody that is starting out their investment journey? It's a great question. I would say buy what you can, like straight up, like buy what you can because even if it's like land, if you can't buy a residential property, buy pieces of land because we're running out of land. Like we literally don't have any more land to create. Like it's finite, especially in the Golden Horseshoe. So if you can't buy a residential property, buy land. If you have only like a specific amount of down payment and you can't afford in the GTA area, look outside and look in territory markets. And I think if I was starting my investment journey again, I would 100% convince my family way harder and just push on them a little bit more to get them into the game as well. Um, like I said, coming from an immigrant family, the mindset is more like rich dad, poor dad, limited. You think about just putting your money into a savings account and that's it, it'll grow on its own. But that's not the case. Like if you really do want to build wealth and create something for yourself, it's about just getting in the market, letting it, you know, create something more than it can do anywhere else. That's fantastic advice. Thank you. I think that's everybody's, like, every investor's um, regret is, like, getting into the market sooner, right? Like, exactly. I wish I got in sooner. Um, so that's really great. Like, that whole quote, uh, don't try to time the market. It's about time in the market. Mm -hmm. So true. Like, if we could have, I would have rather bought, like, three years ago. But I think we were just so scared to pull the trigger and we we're just like, are we ready? Blah, 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 going back and forth. But whatever, we did it in our time. And likewise, like you have to do it in your own time, too. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. And if you were to recommend one resource to uh, somebody that uh, was starting out their investment journey, what, whether it be a book, a podcast, uh, anything, a course, uh, what would you recommend? So I'll recommend a couple. Psychology of Money is a great book. I don't know if you guys have read it, but it, it's literally about the psychology of money and how people tend to think about money. And so if you're in a mindset where you're thinking, oh, I can't do what those people are doing or, oh, that's never going to happen for me. It gives you kind of a glimpse into like it can. You just have to change your mindset around it. 
obviously I mentioned it before, but Rich Dad Poor Dad is obviously a great one as well. And then I'll shout out Sandy's podcast, Break the Real Estate Investing. Like I listened to a lot of those episodes when I first got into business with him. I haven't listened to many recent ones, to be quite honest, but I, I think they do a great job of just bringing so many different perspectives, not just across Canada, but North America on when, what people's journeys have been like. And likewise, I'm sure you, that's what some what you guys want to provide as well. Like every single journey is so different. Mm -hmm. So it's just about how you create your own. Right. And knowing that there's different paths as well. Right. Like I know that uh, we've gotten to different asset classes because of Sandy's podcast as well. Right. So uh, hearing some of the guests that have been on there that have shared their journey and there might there's different ways to to build wealth. And I think yeah. that uh, that that's been um, a game changer is actually you know, absorbing some of these resources and uh, opening up your um, mind to different ideas that are out there so yeah i was even just gonna add to that too like my fiance works for a crypto company i used to think crypto was fake money and i'm like why would anybody want to invest in that and now like just learning about what he's doing and uh you know the kind of opportunities that are there it's just like you just need to open up your mind and and if if it's something that you don't want to do that's fine but at least get a feeling or an understanding of what it could be for you awesome absolutely yeah. it's great advice Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us today and uh, being on the uh, podcast with us. Mm -hmm. uh, we really appreciate your time and uh, and sharing your journey. Sharing really? Yeah. yeah, no, it's great to be on. And obviously, I'm really excited to see what comes of this. I'll definitely keep an eye out and, and keep listening to the to the episodes that you guys release. So I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Thanks. We hope that you enjoyed the show today and that we brought you some value. We'd love it if you give some feedback, let us know what you think about the show and what you'd like to hear. And while you're at it, give us a follow so you don't miss out on any further episodes.